Hello, once again, let's talk about urban planning. Today we go to Canada, where we discuss the Ottawa music strategy and how it intersects with issues of safety and inclusion in local music scenes. Together with our speaker, Sarah Gelbard, from McGill University in the same country, we address punk counter-narratives and how they offer alternative visions of safety and inclusion. As always, I'm Rodrigo Silva. Let's talk about urban planning. Sarah, welcome to our episode. Thank you so much. Let's jump into why you found this topic worthy of researching about. I'm really interested in this kind of broader questions of, of spatial justice and the role that urban planning plays in the, the perpetuation of, of harmful outcomes and oppressive systems. And while we kind of have a, a good sense and, and we acknowledge ways that it does that overtly through discriminatory practices, through long histories, I think it's really important that we look to identify how that works in these kind of seemingly progressive planning reforms and, and specifically within these kind of seemingly progressive of cities and countries. So with this research, I'm really looking at how that culture, how cultural policies around music strategies, as well as safe space policies, really intersect with cultural revitalization and economic development, and how by approaching equity, diversity, and inclusion goals through those economic priorities and rationales of good city building, it shapes the outcomes in a certain way. And that really potentially limits our possibility of, of what is stated as its kind of transformational placemaking and social systemic changes that it, it, it's seeking to, to find. In this particular case, there has been, of course, some research before, I believe, on sp uh, spatial justice, urban planning and inclusion. So about, let me know about your expectations. So before we jump into the findings, what were you hoping to find when you started your research? Yeah, I think it's really important to acknowledge all the, the work that has been done both by scholars and, and communities in this um, in broader sense of what their experiences are of, of the, the social inequities and the spatial inequities, the economic inequities that, that kind of get perpetuated through these, these urban plans. And I'm really grateful for that, that work and really ground myself in that work. Uh, I've already learned so much by working with and engaging with queer, Black, Indigenous, gendered, working class scholarship and activism. And I, I really wanted this work to be an expression of my own experiences, the knowledge that I'm bringing from the Ottawa punk scene, and how I've kind of experienced and my community ha has experienced um, the impacts of the, the music strategy, ways that the city is looking to revitalize the, the Biowork market, which is one of our kind of core urban neighborhoods, um, and what and it has been an important space for, for punk in the city for a long time. And so I really hope that this research could be part of that bigger project, ways that we share our, our kind of unique but collective stories stories of spatial injustice um, and can really build solidarity to, to confront these kind of embedded racist settler colonial patriarchal and capitalist logics that are, are part of, of our, our, our urban planning processes. Of course. So let us know about the findings and your most important reflections. So I really begin beyond kind of the, the literature review and the, this kind of standard setup. I really look at, take a deep dive into reading the, the cultural policies, um, several uh, city plans in Ottawa, and really kind of highlight that those existing or 
ways that those highlight this kind of existing cultural diversity of Ottawa and see that as one of its key strengths. And then it makes these recommendations about how to address the barriers to participation and the, the unequal representation of many marginalized communities. And so these plans really kind of then shape that around a diagnosis of the downtown urban core as being declining and ways that it can use that cultural diversity as having this important catalyst, ways that through placemaking can really be a strategy for improving not just the cultural diversity, but to really promote an economic development and revitalization of, of the core. And that this overall framing of the cultural policy and, and creative placemaking is seen as this way to improve the quality of life, the livability, and to really grow and diversify the economy. So that's kind of a summary of how, how the city sees, sees this work. And then shifting towards this kind of grounded participatory ethnography uh, of punk and, and how it tells a different interpretation of that story. Ways that uh, through our experiences, it, it can really highlight the negative impacts of, of cultural revitalization. Again, kind of very similar stories to so many other subcultures and marginalized groups of, of the commodification, the displacement, the ways that those subcultural spaces get sanitized through creative placemaking and cultural revitalization. And that this really highlights the implicit distinctions that's being made through these plans about deeming who is a desirable, what is desirable cultural diversity, and then sanitizing the spaces and the people that are deemed to be undesirable, that are not contributing to that social, spacious, spatial and economic um, revitalization that is imagined through the, the urban plan. And so I think it's really a chance to think about some of the, the already existing practices of, mm -hmm. of care and placemaking, community making that I've experienced through the punk scene and through the, the kind of counter politics of punk and to really see align, alignment and some potential solidarities with other groups. And in this case, really was looking at, at um, queering planning and, and the, the discussion that's happening in the, the broader special issue around queering planning. I'm curious because you just mentioned, so there are a lot of uh, personal elements there, implications over the communities, uh, cultural diversities and identities. I'm curious to explore a bit more the potential policy implications of what you found in your research. So can you elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, really so important to, to kind of keep coming back to how long these mm -hmm. conversations, like communities know this, communities have experienced this, communities are already building their own work in this area. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that work is really important to highlight. I think when it comes to what urban planners or policymakers are, are thinking about, I think it's really important to recognize how this framing of diversity, equity, inclusion priorities being framed as an opportunity for economic growth is deeply problematic because it frequently then reproduces those oppressive systems that will continue to marginalize, exclude, and oppress the different groups that it says it is trying to, to help and bring and reconcile with. That said, I think what we I think there is is genuine sincerity by a lot of public policymakers that include planners and that, that they want to be more conscientious of those potential negative impacts. So I think hearing these stories is really important. And that we can also learn so much from, from different marginalized and subcultural alternative groups about how they're, what alternatives they already are, are working through. Other thing that I think is really great to, to recognize is, is that through these policies and these opportunities that are being created, there are so many equity seeking groups 
who are able to mobilize and strategically make use of, of things like the, the Ottawa music strategy, very different, various types of placemaking strategies as an opportunity to, to kind of secure what they need for their community. So I think there is also kind of important to acknowledge that while these are imperfect policies, that they have had a lot of benefit for a lot of, of marginalized groups and, and making use of those while being critical of, of them is an important um, step forward. And looking ahead in the future, if you or someone else had to write a follow-up article after this one, so what would it look like? So what should researchers look at now? Is really a kind of growing interest in punk and, and as an academic topic. There's the Punk Scholar Network and, and this great book on punkademics. And I, I think there's kind of a lot of interest of, of what that punk subculture is, what that means as an urban culture. There's so little research right now about what that means through this kind of lens of, of urban development, what that as another one of many groups who, who are engaged in spatial justice movements, what that looks like. And I think this is both a, an invitation for further research specifically on punk, but also an open invitation to other subcultural groups who, who might, and people with experiences from those subcultural groups to, to tell their stories and to, to put them in dialogue with other groups to start really building on the movement towards spatial justice. Mm -hmm. I imagine there must be a lot of uh, additional materials and resources uh, about this topic. So can you share with us a couple of those recommended materials to follow up on this topic? There's a really great documentary that I, I recommend on this intersection of punk spaces and gentrification. It's called No Fun City. It's directed and produced by Melissa James and Kate Kroll. And it, it looks at the impact on the local punk scene in Vancouver of different public policies, uh, the development and commercialization of, of their downtown area. There's a great blog about Ottawa punk scene. If you're kind of curious, not many folks beyond Ottawa have heard much about the Ottawa punk scene. Uh, and it's called Ottawa Punk History on Blogspot. Really great list of articles as well as a full gigography. It's listed all of the shows that it can find between 1978 and 2002, really the first 25 years of punk in Ottawa. And then finally, I really recommend that we continue to listen and that it's important to hear what diverse and marginalized voices within punk spaces have to say about those spaces and the struggles that they face. And so I have two recommendations there. There's one discussion on YouTube called Racism in the Punk and Alternative Scenes that's led by Black Voices. That's available on the Emo Night YouTube channel. And then there's one called Vancouver Women in Punk that was produced by the Polygon uh, gallery and it's available on their YouTube channel as well. Perfect. And for those who are watching us on the Let's Talk About Urban Planning website, just scroll down to uh, see these materials that Sarah just recommended. And of course, some help in publicizing the punk material on Ottawa to you, Sarah. Sarah, let's wrap this episode up. If there, if there is anything you want our audience to remember about this talk, the punchline in one or two sentences, what would it be? I think equity, diversity, inclusion as policy and priorities are really important, but they are insufficient reforms to urban planning. And similarly, we can look at this kind of broader recognition of these already existing cultural diversity and subcultural spaces in our cities as important, but that that recognition is insufficient as we move towards building and solidifying anti-oppression and just and caring cities for all. And so for those of us who are, are working from a, a 
relative privileged position, we still have a lot of work to do to, to build that trust and solidarity with diverse communities, and many of which have such important lessons to teach us about placemaking, about place nurturing, about caring for each other in space, and really thinking of community through that, that their experiences. Straight to the point, Sarah. It was a pleasure. Such a great show. Thank you. This podcast is powered by Cogitatio Press. You can listen to this episode on the Let's Talk About Urban Planning website, on Cogitatio Press YouTube channel, and whatever you get your podcast. <laughs>